Live from Brooklyn, New York, this is Stay Busy with Armand Sadler. Welcome to another edition of Stay Busy with Armand Sather, where we have responsible discussions on the music business and the music culture. I'm back. Feels good to be back in the studio. I'm feeling recharged, refreshed, re-energized, revitalized. All of the re's that end in... Reinvig- Thank you, Nick. Thank you, Nick. Uh, reinvigorated. All of that stuff. I-, I will say, I think Nick will attest to this. I think anyone who has worked in corporate... If you got that PTO, use that PTO. It is paid time off, and the time off is the aspect that should be emphasized because you, you need a break. I love my job. Life is life is good right now, you know, all things considered. But getting that time away, the time away from Slack and the Slack notifications, the time away from Microsoft Outlook, the time away from the news cycle, especially with what everything that was going on over these last few weeks, it felt so good. And if you've never been on a cruise, I'm I'm, I'm basically like – celebrity cruise lines like new marketing director the way i've been telling everybody like yo get on celebrity cruise line like the drink package the multitude of restaurants the pool the adults only pool within the spa area is just a lot of great stuff uh to offer and i got to go to two places i've never been before cosmo mexico and grand caymans and i had a blast there swam with dolphins it was really really cool so definitely encourage you to one take your pto and two jump on a cruise jump on a cruise but all that to say, vacation is over. I'm back. It's the boy Armand, vegan chorizo poppy, founder of Bald Nigga Ballers. I'm here for our end of year episode, a very, very special time uh, for us, for everyone. 2022 is winding down. It's been a year. It's been a really good year. I'm really happy with it, as I expressed in our anniversary episode. So I won't get too you know, introspective and personal this episode, because we got some shit to get into that we'll probably have y'all debating. But I want to thank the listeners for tapping back in for season four. Make sure you subscribe to the YouTube channel for all visual episodes, busy sessions, and YouTube shorts, or your preferred audio platform. Leave a review, a like, a comment, engage with us on social media, all that good stuff. You can follow us on Twitter or Instagram or TikTok at StayBusyPod. I want to give a special thank you to Savon Slater, Regina Cho, Imaris Reyes, and Kojo Dodzi for stopping by for our third anniversary episode, three years. Flew by, crazy thing to say, but uh, feels really good. We had a great versus battle, a lot of great reflection, great mimosas. So um, all around, great time. I hope y'all, if you haven't tapped into that episode, <clears throat> make sure that you do. Our Patreon, of course, is popping over there. So click the link in our bio to stay tapped in with the busy boys and all of our exclusive content. Patreon.com backslash stay busy pod. Uh, you you, you might have heard his voice before. You heard me reference him, but Nick Early, executive producer, is in the building. Executive producing at a high level as only he does. Kieran Hurley, our VP of everything, the man that you cannot see but you can feel. Siobhan DeShields, our VP of engagement. Aaliyah Simone, our VP of data and analytics. And as y'all know, hashtag sponsored, hashtag ad. We are here 
I'm shouting out Curve Lab, our sponsor for the month. Curve Lab is a wellness company with the mission of creating a healthier world through Vitals training and recovery services. Vitals is the athletic loungewear of Curve Lab, and their newly released trial, 002 Collection, pushes the message money means nothing from a hospital bed. You can check the pieces out now at curvelab.com. Curve is spelled with a K, and use the discount code. Stay busy, all caps, no spaces, for a discount on your purchase. Today, I'm wearing the slate high neck sweatsuit, feeling baby blue. I look like cotton candy. Cotton candy could never. Super cozy. Um, of course, I got the message on the wrist. Money means nothing from a hospital bed. And Curve Lab is two for two with, with these fits, man. I, I, I feel great uh, walking around in this. And it's like cozy, but it's like it's something that you could, you know, you could get away with wearing this out, too. So I, I applaud the versatility, and I appreciate it. It's always good. To feel comfortable, feel good in the skin you're in. I, I forget what, what commercial that is, but uh, feel feel good in the skin you're in. Well, whoever said that, shout out to you for coining that. Now, being back in office, uh, getting back to this news cycle, if there was any week to miss what was going on and not be as tapped in on the timeline, it was last week because the timeline was a dumpster fire from what I've seen between all of the social media prosecutors and district attorneys, the social media forensic scientists, the social media gang culture representatives, just everybody just knows everything. Like, yeah, y'all so smart. Y'all really some smart people. Y'all know every single damn thing. And it is very annoying to read y'all thinking that y'all know every single damn thing. So the Tory Lanez and Megan The Stallion trial finally began. Um, and what a mess that has been. It's just been like one day you read some stuff and you're like, oh, Tory guilty. He did it. Another day you read something, you're like, what? Like, what, what, what happened? Like, between Kelsey Harris's testimony and the neighbor's testimony and Tory's DNA not being found on the gun and Meg saying that she wishes she died in the situation. And I, I get why she would say that. Like, this has been a very emotional, traumatic time for her and people have been. I mean, like, what we know, people didn't believe her from the beginning. And as time has passed and as more things have come out, like, it's been hell for her. So I, I definitely feel for her. Trial is not easy. You know, I, I learned this in my in, in my law classes I took in high school. Like, trial's expensive, and it, it takes time. Like, everyone's like, yo, we want to know what happens. Trials take time to get started. And this one got pushed back multiple times. So it's a very trying process for her. And it's just it's it's been a lot like I've been keeping up with all of the thread shout out to the reporters who are in the courtrooms writing out these elaborate Twitter threads like to be tweeting so actively getting these accurate quotes while you're in the courtroom listening to stuff like absolutely incredible and, and very thankful and even with that you know as people still denying stuff and people not believing people who are in the room <laughs> hearing the things firsthand like it is it's absolutely insane but um I'm like many people, I just kind of am ready for it to be over. I don't, you know, I've, I I felt how I felt about the situation, um, and I'm not really wavering from that. Like, I do – it's clear for, from what's come out. Like, Meg was shot, and it's reported that there was a woman that shot first, and they got into a tussle, her, Tori, and another guy. There was apparently a fourth woman who the neighbor thought was going to get killed. Like, it's just so much – so many things that are going around within this this trial and so many things that you read, and, like, you, you might really believe something, and then you read something else that just flips you completely. And, you know, I'm not trying to rush – Meg's process and dealing with the situation and getting over it, but it's just like it's exhausting to read and then to see the people who want to see Tori be innocent, like yeah, yeah, th that proves it. Yeah, it's like no, it don't prove nothing. It does not prove anything. So you know, we'll see how long this goes, but what a mess. And speaking of court stuff, 
Updates on Young Thug, Gunna, and YSL. Gunna was released from prison after pleading guilty to the RICO charge. Now, I want to clarify, and I want to shout out Andre G at Rolling Stone. Shout out to PMC Gang. Um, I want to salute him for writing that piece, clarifying that Gunna did not snitch because it, it was free Gunna for like five minutes, and then it was uh, it was Gunna's free, and he's like, oh, he's a snitch, blah, 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 all that. It's not the case. And he, he, and he made a very clear statement that I think proves that he, he did not snitch. So he said... I have chosen to end my own RICO case with an Alfred plea and end my personal ordeal by publicly acknowledging my association with YSL. An Alfred plea in my case is the entry of a guilty plea to the one charge against me, which is in my best interest, while at the same time maintaining my innocence toward the same charge. While I have agreed to always be truthful, I want to make it perfectly clear that I have not made any statements, have not been interviewed, have not cooperated, have not agreed to testify or be a witness for or against any party in the case, and have absolutely no intention of being involved in the trial process in any way. How you can read that and get gonna snitch on anybody else is beyond me. But hey, man, like I said, y'all, are, yeah, yeah, y'all are experts. Y'all are all Harvard Law graduates who just, you, you like, yeah, y'all level of interpretation and you know all that is it, it's it clearly beyond me. So I, I clearly got a lot to learn from y'all. But um, definitely good to hear gun is free. It's definitely not looking the best for Thug, um, which is tough. And I know like a couple other YSL members have you know pled guilty and gotten you know their time and all that. And so. I, I, Obviously and unfortunately for the other people, most people really just care about Thug and Gunna. Um, but like it's you know the, the, it's ongoing and Gunna's free for now, so I, I think it's just worth celebrating that. And we'll we'll see what happens. Like instead of predicting and conspiracy theories and all that, like let's just let the process play out. Enough about legality. Let's get into some new music before we jump into the rest of this episode. So finally, after five years, five. Long years. Solana SZA dropped SOS. Now, SOS, man. Well, what is there to say about SOS? With a five-year wait and with the singles that she's been dropping and with the anticipation of her dropping and with all these other women who have been dropping over the years and people rushing to put them above SZA, she absolutely delivered. The sophomore slump is real. We've talked about it. We've seen it. We've written artists off as a result of it, but... What SZA did on SOS, it's like, to me, and I, I was talking to Nick before the episode, and I was talking to Jenny about it, I was like, yo, like, have we seen such a strong follow-up sophomore album to a really impactful debut album? And it took me some time, and, you know, different names got thrown out, and I was like, okay, like, this has happened before, but the impact of it feels so much bigger because she gave us a classic five years ago and went away. We got, you know, all the stars, and we got Beautiful, and we got, you know, her features on Do- Doja Cat, and different different stuff. Like, she, she was around, but she wasn't, you know, it, she wasn't dropping albums. And then to give us this, I mean, you start with SOS. A lot of people thought it was a champagne poetry uh, sample, and Jay Versace clarified, like, he made the beat three years ago. Kill Bill. You got Love Language. You got, I I, I, I like the Don, Don Tolliver record. I'm not going to front. Snooze is, Babyface did, oh, my God. Babyface like absolutely crazy on Snooze. Snooze is absolutely fantastic. Um, I, Snooze is my favorite song. Absolutely, like I think for her to sneak out one of the best songs of the year within the last couple weeks of the year is just like who, who else but her? Notice me, Gone Girl, Ghost in the Machine, Phoebe Bridgers. Like who who would have thought a SZA and Phoebe Bridgers song would sound so good? And then they made it work. F two F. She got an alternative rock bag. And I think this is the album that's really going to, like, she's a, 
she definitely had pop star potential. She had records on control that had like pop star potential. But I think F2F is like, okay, like you're you're willing to take this in like any any direction, which I think is absolutely great for her. Conceited, you know, she gets to the rat bag a little bit. Far shirt, of course, great single, open arms, Travis Scott. I I I like that mellow. Travis Scott bag where you know the universe doesn't have to be open for him he's he's, he's kind of just chilling like it's it, it was a cool bag for him to be in and I think yo for not getting really good Travis verses over the years who else but SZA is gonna do it and I love I love 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 when artists speak out love when artists speak out about their music because these these Twitter music critics will label something sad girl music and it was like there's clearly songs on here that that are happy or that that are that are vengeful, or just other emotions besides yeah, saying oh sad boys, sad girls, all this like yo, it, the, the, I've said this so many times. The genre is so much more than what y'all limited to in this sad stuff. So I love this. Is a spoke up and said I got songs like Good Days on here. I got smoking on my X pack. Like I, I have songs that convey other emotions besides what y'all try to limit me to. So I thought SOS was absolutely fantastic, and I'm very thankful to SZA for dropping that. She got her first number one. I think she did 315k. And broke streaming records, and you know the, the, there was someone who dropped their R&B album last year that broke a lot of streaming records, and everyone was like, "Yo, she's different." And then SZA returned and said, "Gong, just like the Undertaker." Just, that's why I called her the Undertaker. I'm, my SZA is the Undertaker take age so well because of what she did. Whenever she pops out, it is impactful. She, like the, the proof is in the pudding. I, I don't gotta say nothing. I I don't have to say a thing. It's all proven here. And to jump from a sixty k first week for control to a three hundred fifteen k first week five years later, nuts. Because like there was someone who told me like, oh, she only gonna do one hundred fifty. I was like, do you understand Sis's power at this point? Like, do you understand how crazy, how long people have been waiting? Good days is multi times platinum now. Um, looks from working with Doja, working with all these other people who can expose their different audiences. Like w- w- when SZA comes, it's going to be impactful, especially in December when no one else, no one else is really dropping shit. So I got to give credit uh, to SZA for that. SOS is great, and I think we answered our question of uh, what, what, what has there been a better R and B album uh, since um, Control? I don't know if I'm ready to say SOS is better yet. But if there is any album that I would put up there, it would it would be SOS. But uh, yes, yeah, this is her like two for two right now. Absolutely incredible. So let's jump into this slide deck before we get into everything else. The best song wasn't the single, but you weren't either. Mm-hmm. Last slide deck of 2022. We've got some heaters throughout this year and i'm going I'm, I'm gonna try to end it right so i got this record uh by this artist by the name of maya lay this is called personal and this is produced by evan brown so let's get into personal by maya lay I hear you calling when I'm in my sleep I'm posting pictures looking good Make you remember me You'd rather post up in the hood Than come and chill with me I try to tell you about my pain But you ain't feeling me Put my life on over yours And it's killing me You're supposed to be my love Not my enemy And acting funny from the jump Felt your energy Crazy cause you are my perfect remedy Leaving you
to my LA. Teaneck, New Jersey resident. I love, I love when, when my Jersey people pop out and do great things. I got to, so I, uh, she was at Ness, shout out to Ness, she was at Ness's birthday party. Um, and evidently I met her last year at Ness's birthday party. I don't remember. I was chopped. Y'all know how I do. But I got to, you know, it's, it's good to meet the people and tell them like, yo, your music is great. I think she's got a great voice. Love the production on there. Shout out to Evan Brown, really um, versatile producer. And like, he like, he creates his beats like like actually playing piano like not not just working on the beat program like I've watched him make a beat before like from scratch, which I think is great. I love the pockets Maya got in there. I, I think that I think yeah she, she got a great voice. I think that's a great record. Um, and um, I know she put out a record maybe like in the pandemic called So Far Up. So I was waiting for a follow up and you know she she took her time really got in her bag and I I could see the the progression within her and also the progression in the music. Literally the beat progression like in that second verse where where the you know the additional instruments come in like I thought that was a really great record. So that's Personal by Maya Lay. If you want to hear this record and any other records, of course, you can hit the Stay Busy Slide Deck playlist on all platforms. Hit the link tree in our IG or Twitter bio to access it. And if you would like a slide added to the deck, whether you are a fan of someone or an artist yourself, let me know who I should be paying attention to by DMing us on uh, Twitter or IG at Stay Busy Pod or email us at staybusypod at gmail.com. Time for the main event. This board meeting, I'm going to talk to myself. You ready for the board meeting, man? Yeah, I am. Um, so this is... Um, it's list season. You know, the, the end of the year comes, you, you, uh, Black Friday's passed, you, buying, you might be doing last-minute shopping, you might be getting ready to take a flight somewhere, but also you know every time you check Twitter, you're going to see some best albums, best songs, R&B songs, worst, blah, blah, blah. You, you're going to see lists. It's a lot of lists. And I got another list for y'all, but hopefully, you know, hopefully you enjoy it. You're probably not. I'm sure we're probably going to get into a lot of debates. So this is Armand's Top 10 albums of the year and you're not just gonna hear from me you're gonna hear from some of my pals so we're gonna jump right into it with album number 10 just get my friend on the phone for y'all hello chris mack what's up my brother tomorrow what's going on man i'm great man how are you doing all right man doing all right just getting off work um Chilling, I'm about to watch a couple of these games real quick. Oh, basketball? Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a nice late game tonight. Um, the Cavs and Bucks playing right now. Right. But I'm going to watch uh, that uh, Rockets Magic game. Okay. Yeah, okay, I respect that. Versus follow, you know? So. Yeah, yeah. So I, I, that's eight. Is it, it's probably tough for you to watch your, your Wizards right now, huh? Uh, it wasn't last night, man. I'll tell you what, man. I'm I'm, I'm happy we got a dub over the Suns, man. Yeah, they, no, that's they're, big. They're, 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 you know, they're the drizzling shits right now, so we kind of, you know, get them when we can. Mm -hmm. You know, we finally ended that damn 10-game losing streak, right. you know, but Love back that. on the road again. We got to face, face Phoenix again on Tuesday. 
Yeah. Um, I think I know. Yeah, I think it's on Tuesday. Word. Word. Um, I hear you. But they will be back home. But we're facing um Utah tomorrow. So okay. Okay. Uh, yeah, it's gonna be a tough one, but you know, I mean, it, it's it's a bad, it's a rough season, man. <laughs> and you know, the worst part about it is, is we're gonna be keep doing this until you know Bradley Bill leaves the team. Yeah, and that's not happening anytime soon, yeah. like because we have an owner that refuses to that refuses to um, rebuild, mm-hmm. and God, the, the, in the in the in the in his in his owner state media. Does not help matters at all because they right. do not be honest with what the direction of the team. Yeah, you yeah. know it's, it's it's all wrong, man. But <laughs> I feel you. I feel you. What it is? What what can I do? Yeah, yeah. Well, I look forward to hearing all your all your perspectives on No Words Barred podcast, which uh, Chris Mack is a host of. But to not bury the lead, we got an album to get into, man. My number ten album yeah. of the year. Vince Staples, Ramona Park, broke my heart. Now I know that you yeah. are very high on this album. And so I I would love to hear your perspective on it. Um, Personally to me, and I've been listening to Vince for years, like this is the most enjoyable Vince album I've listened to since being a fan of his. So I would love your perspective on whether you think this is his magnum opus and just, you know, your perspective in general on the project. You know, um, when it it comes to Vince Staples, uh, you know, and his music, you know, for over throughout his career, like I I personally don't see him having like any bad projects Mm -hmm. or a bad album at all. Uh, of course, you know, we had a uh, summertime, was it summertime 2000? Uh, what was it? Or summertime 99 was uh, yeah. his debut off Def Jam. Yeah, you know, I thought that was amazing. You know, I, I was also a big fan of, um, you know, some of his other releases, like the Big Fish Theory. Like, a lot of people gave that album flat. Yeah. But I thought it was, it was really good. Me too. You know, Fitz, you know, he was, he, he was one of the first, you know, now that really stood outside the box. Yeah. Uh, while you know hip hop was transitioning in the 2010s, mm-hmm. and he was doing you know more you know dub you know more dub grimy you know out there Eurocentric beats yeah. or hardcore beats that you know that we have artists like Rico Nasty doing today, right. you know. And his self-titled album in 2021 that was also my favorite album. It was really good. Uh, uh, of um of the um favorite hip hop album of the year, nonetheless. Um and him and Kitty Beats, you know, developed some pretty good chemistry, you know, over the years and you know, it, it you know, really just shaped, you know, the sound for Ramona Park broke my heart. Yeah. Which she's been trying to work on, you know, from the very beginning. Mm. You know, and I I found this album to be, you know, yes, it's as far as like its magnum opus. You know, summertime '06, and you know, as self-titled, I personally will put still above mm, okay. this album. But okay. this is still like, you know, if it was like a you know one A one B, you know, this could definitely fill in for like a one C, yeah, or you know, or shortly behind in the two slot. Mm-hmm. And I I just love you know with Sparks Fly. Yeah. Um, I, I feel like that's one, not only just the best song on that album. But it's one of the best hip hop songs this year. Mm. Uh, just, I, I, you know, because it really reminded me a lot of, um, you know, um, I made you uh, with the uh, from Nas. You know, right. uh, it was written. You mm. know, when he um, rapped from the perspective of a gun, mm-hmm. and you know, and he you know put his little spin on it, and I thought, uh, you know, I thought it was really dope. Because for you know the first couple of times I listened to the track, you know I didn't think I didn't really I did really pick up on the metaphor mm-hmm. until you know I was like oh 
oh yeah, he's rapping about this, you yeah. know, and and then he follows that song up with East Point Prayer, uh, in which I you know also had one of my favorite guest verses of the mm-hmm. year, with Little Baby, you know, yeah. which he was really coming into his own this year. You know, he had a solid year himself, mm-hmm. and I, East Point Prayer, like that song is actually one of my alarms. <laughs> uh, to wake up to, so you know, so that song got a lot of play because yeah. I woke up to the song, you mm-hmm. know, throughout much of the winter um, of a uh, twenty, you know, much of the early, you know, early mid um, um, year of twenty twenty two, yeah, and yeah, it's it's really good. like I'm really I, I'm wondering, you know, how much longer he's going to go because yeah. I feel like he was. This is like, you know, like how Travis Scott wanted to do Outro World. This mm-hmm. is the album that he wanted to make. And, you know, he's starting to get more into, you know, acting. We just see this dude now on Abbott Elementary now. Yeah. Uh, you know, he looks like he's probably get a big role there. But, it, um, but yeah, this, this, this is a really solid, size record. I wish he actually had a DJ Quick feature on mm-hmm. uh, the, the, the um, aptly titled um, song right there, DJ Quick. Yeah. But he was so. But this was this is definitely like really one of his like if he really all was just making one of the best artists you know really one of the best hip hop artists around of this current generation and you know I'm I'm looking forward to see what he could do next. Me too. Me too, for sure. Because I think because I agree. Like coming with the self title project in 2021, like I was like, oh, this is dope. Like, it's really dope, and it was short, yeah. you know, concise, easy to get through. And then to follow right back up less than a year later with Ramona Park broke my heart. I was like, oh shit! Like to take it from self titled to that in such a short time is like wow. Like he's he's really doing his thing, and and he comes off so like nonchalant like you can tell he doesn't take yeah. himself too seriously like he's just a fun fun loving entertaining but he don't take no bullshit kind of guy yeah. and then you listen to him rap and you're just like yo yeah you, you really can be so masterful with this craft and it seems like it's easy for you um so yeah and the funny thing about it i feel like both from self-titled and ramona park broke my heart they're they're like they're their compilation like they're they're companion mm. projects companion pieces yeah uh i don't know whether you should start with self-titled or you start with Ramona Park, but they, they, I, I played them back to back a couple of times and it does feel like that they are like a side A and a side B, Yeah, you know, and it, it, with the, even with the, um, the, the, the time lengths of the albums and um, the runtime and, and the number of tracks are, it does feel like that. It feels almost like what he did with summertime 06, but just separating the two separate albums. Yeah. Um, yeah. And yeah, he he just does it so well. Um, and, and the more you look at it, like it was through our campaign pieces, they feel like there is one whole album in itself. Mm-hmm. Um, and what what surprised me if he does put those two albums together in the deluxe, like mm-hmm. during an anniversary or something. Yeah. Definitely agree. Definitely agree, man. So yeah, I was I, I was wowed by it. Every time I go back, I'm like, wow, this is a this is a full thorough body of work that I really enjoy. And I, I, I you know, I, I, I like Vince. I've been listening for a while, but I don't, I don't think he's really ever made my year end list until this year. So this is a, this is a first for me, a first for him with me. And um, yeah, man, we really enjoyed it. So uh, thank you for your time, my brother. Thank you. Thank you. I appreciate a- absolutely. it. Absolutely. I'll talk to you soon. All right. Peace. All right. Peace. Chris Mack, everybody. That's my number 10 album of the year. Vince Stables, Ramona Park broke my heart. If you have not tapped into it, I would, Highly encourage it. It's very personal. It's very good. Very musical. Ty Dolla Sign feature. Little Baby's on there. Uh, really great piece of work. Let's get into number nine, and let's call another friend of mine. Hello? Hey, Maya. How are you? 
Hi. How's uh, how's everything going? How's this week been for you? Very busy, but I'm still here. <laughs> <laughs> I feel that. Yeah, you know, busy making your your debut on Getty, interviewing Lizzo. You know, nothing crazy, right? <laughs> Just a light week, nothing too crazy. <laughs> for those who do not know Maya Abraham, she is a, a, a fellow reporter at Vibe Magazine. She handles the R&B side, and she is a, a self-professed, a very firm, strong <laughs> R&B purist. We can't send her no bullshit <laughs> for, for the R&B list, for the R&B column. She don't take none of that nonsense. So I thought there was no one better to bring on to discuss my number nine album of the year, LMA, <laughs> Heart on My Sleeve. Now, to talk to me, Maya, as an R&B purist, like, how how, how, you, how you feeling about Ella's progression from self-titled to, to Heart on My Sleeve? Okay, so fun fact about me, I've been an LMA fan since her SoundCloud EP, her mm. very first project, before she even got signed to 10 Summers. Um, so I'm saying all the way back. So I've followed her entire career since the very beginning. Um, and I would like to say that her growth from self-titled up until now, you can just tell that she's like fully developed. She's comfortable in her skin. She's mm. comfortable with her talent. She's comfortable with her voice. Yes. Um, you can really hear like the maturity in it, especially like with her songwriting and stuff. Yes. I just think that her growth is very evident in this project. I agree. I agree. Yeah, I think uh, I really like the self-titled one, like, you know, Boot Up, Trip, like all, all those joints on there. And then you got Easy. Mm -hmm. Like it was it was a lot of good music. And then you're kind of wondering, like, where is she going to go from here? And I think for her to take all the time off that she took between self-titled and Heart on My Sleeve, uh, yeah. uh, you know, it's a, easy for a lot of people to write you off like, oh, d d like, is she done? Like, blah, blah, blah. Is she going to be able to follow it up? And then you get Heart on My Sleeve. You get tracks like Break My Heart. You get tracks like Hide. You get tracks like How. And you're just like, oh, I shit. I a woman feels like yes. crying. Oh, man. Mm -hmm. yeah, yeah, I the, just feel like ahead. I think that the thing with Ella is that she knew not to rush into it because mm -hmm. I feel like with her EPs, they, I feel like they kind of came like year after year or very close to each other when yeah. they were, when they dropped. And I feel like she knew that she had to live some life a little bit in order for that to come through with her music because not for nothing, like, yes, she has great songs and she's won Grammys and all those wonderful accolades, but at the same time, it's like people kept limiting her in like the very bigger world of R&B when it comes to like other R&B acts like the Kamalani's, the Janae's, the mm -hmm. Scissors of the world. And so Ella's like, how am I supposed to break out from like who you know me to be and what my songs to be but also like just show my growth as like I'm a songwriter I'm an artist I'm a woman I live life I go mm -hmm. through things in relationships like you can hear all that on her music and she wants you to know that it's more than just like singing about love and heartbreak and yes those things are very apparent still she doesn't like shy away from that but also it's like I think her development as like as a woman mm -hmm. was very, very like, I need you to know that I'm a woman. I'm a grown woman. Mm -hmm. And this is this is what adulting is like. This is what adulting feels like for me. Yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. And I think one of the biggest critiques that she gets, and I would love your perspective on this, is, you know, her vocals. I remember watching, like, I think it was Saturday Night Live, and she performed live, and I was like, I, you know, she she got some ways to go. Like I, you know, I, I enjoy these <laughs> records, but there's there's some progression that she can make. And then you hear "Heart on My Sleeve," and it's like, oh, she stepped it up. Like she she's right. pushing herself more. <laughs> uh, like I feel, I feel like she really locked in, and you know, working with the people she worked with, I think also helped her too. So how how do you feel? How do you feel about her vocal progression? I feel like not like I'm not gonna lie. I feel like 
that was her but also like having like mary j blige be part of the album i feel like that mentorship mm. she took a lot from that because it's like not for nothing you know mary has had her albums and her errors and her moments yeah and i feel like somebody like ella she really is good at listening to advice and taking like soaking in all that information and so i feel like she she heard the criticism and she heard the shade she heard the jokes she heard all of that but took that instead of like running and hiding from it she took that as impetuous to like okay i'm gonna move forward i'm gonna evolve how can i be better how can i be the best artist that i can be and even seeing her perform part of this album live mm-hmm. when she was on tour with mary j blige you could just tell that she's like been doing development been like really working hard to make sure like top to bottom head to toe inside and out she's the best that she can be absolutely yeah and i, I appreciate yeah. it like it, it, it wowed me I, I like i felt like the women in r&b were really strong this year ella um, Raven Lene, Amber Mark, mm-hmm. Kaylani, um, Sids, I like, but this is this is for me like uh, really un- until SZA dropped. Like <laughs> this, this was this was the one for me. Um, so it, it was a solid project. I give it that because you know I do not play about R and B. I know. <laughs> <laughs> I, know. <laughs> I do not play about it, but I would. I'm happy to say that I really enjoy self titled, mm-hmm. and I think I enjoy Heart on My Sleeve just as much as that album. Mm-hmm. I love it. I love it. Well, thank you so much for stopping by the podcast. Um, thank you for having me. You, you all can check out her work on Vibe Magazine. It, 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 it's, it's an incredible magazine. I'm, I'm not just saying that because I work there. It's actually an incredible magazine, and Maya's holding it down on the R&B front. So we can't wait to see what you got coming in 2023, my sister. Thank you again. Thank you. Have a good of one. Of course. Bye. Have a good one. Number nine, LMA, Heart on My Sleeve. Let's get into my number eight album. We we get into some rap now. Well, we we start with rap, but we get into some some rap rap. So let's let's do this when my face ID cooperates. All right, we calling a guy. You've heard this voice before on the pod, but we gonna see what he got to say. Yo, yo, J Five. What's up, my brother? How you feeling? I'm good. I'm good. What's up? I'm good. Can't complain. Welcome back to Stay Busy, man. It's uh, it's, it's good to have you here. Yeah, absolutely. No, any 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 time you call, I I will heed the call. Brother. That's my guy. That's my guy. And then look at him making time for me. I mean, he's he's a social media strategist at Riot Games, on app creator, co-host of the Black Print, the A Show. He's an elite dog father and a chef. But he got time to give little old me a couple minutes to talk about some rap music. What a guy. What a guy. Oh, little little old you. Oh, come on. <laughs> One of the biggest shows in the world. Stay busy. Glad to be here. Thank you, my brother. Well, we are talking about my number eight album of the year, ESTG, I Never Felt None. Now, you and I, I remember last year we talked about um, Bigger Than Life or Death. And at first, we weren't too high on it. I know over time it's something that, that grew on you. Um, so coming into I Never Felt Nothing, like, well, what were your expectations? Did, did you feel like he was going to take it to, to, to the next level? I have, I have really high expectations for it because, as with everyone on CMG, this album released in the window of their group album. Yep. So they had a lot of momentum coming out of it. Mm-hmm. Um, I was concerned initially because a lot of the songs were very dark right. and violent. And <laughs> I mean on the album that did not change but what what makes i never felt none really great was the fact that like what people don't understand is that ESTG can actually rap mm-hmm. and regardless of how dark the content is and trust me it's very dark yeah. i would not suggest anyone <laughs> who 
who <laughs> I, I it, again, and it's very layered. It's like, you know, he's talking about things and saying names of people that we just don't even know. Yeah. But his actual ability to rap is crazy. And mm. one one thing that I was talking to my friend A plus about, I used to call ESTG kind of the new Jeezy. Mm-hmm. And I said, you know what? Is he more Scarface than he is Jeezy? I, I mm. felt like with Jeezy, it was very much A to B. And right. with ESTG, it's A to B to C to D to E. Mm. And that's the type of rap and very dense. And he's very, i say it's anti-mainstream is this yeah. album. And it reminds me of Scarface. Yeah. Yeah, no, that, that's a really great point. I love the anti-mainstream point. But then you see the bags he can get into. Like, he gave you a sabotage with Bryson Tiller. He gave you backstage passes with Jack Harlow. I know Jack Harlow isn't your favorite, but but, 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 but you fuck with black backstage passes, right? <laughs> Oh, absolutely. I, I think that I, when I came into this, I said, and then when I came out of this album, I said, I need, I need the the mainstream ESTG album at least to try. Right. I mean, and and again, Scarface gave you that with the fix. Mm-hmm. Gave you that, you know, what I'm saying with, with with that album where he actually tried to get a little bit of, of more of a mainstream look, but with backstage passes, it was what could have could be right. with ESTG in terms of just making a song that is full of joy and happiness and not not a lot of killing but right. even sabotage armand it's like you know he's he's in the same pocket i mm-hmm. i you know i think his his girl anthems or his female anthems are my least favorite of him <laughs> because they're, they're so nasty <laughs> I feel that. I feel that. And then I think I think you and I would agree on this. Like, the, for me, the the best song, the one that I play the most, the one that just gets me in a different mode is "Shoot at Myself or Future." I, I just I don't even I, know what to say. That is that's in my top three. Okay. Because I think "Get 'Em G Ski" is one of the most. It is it is G's mission statement. He says <laughs> I'm a he says I'm a life stealer on the chorus. <laughs> like what? But but. To your point, shoot it myself again. Very anti-mainstream. Does not carry a, a normal A to B structure where it's it's verse, uh, chorus, verse, chorus. Yeah. It's very much him and Future going back and forth. Has one of my favorite Future verses. And again, I, I know you're probably going to talk about this, but Future's been on a tear oh, this year. Let's, let's just be clear absolutely. between this and Bull, Bullseye Two. Mm-hmm. I mean, let's go. Like, let's just be real here with Future. Mm-hmm. But. I think he got future here a little bit. Like I, I felt like I feel like G kind of kind of killed it. Ooh, that's tough. I don't know, man. <laughs> that, that, that's a tough one. That's a tough one. I listen. The the last line, uh, niggas can't say I'm the op. I'm just a demon they met. Yeah. It's just Like how do you? <laughs> <laughs> that, it, it is crazy. It is crazy. And again, I would say as someone coming in who wasn't the biggest on him, like this album was like, all right, like I think I'm a. I think I'm an ESTG fan, and I'm, I'm and every time he's on a verse with somebody, I love it. Like he had a lot of great feature verses this year too. Um, Chickens with Future, who, who we just talked mm-hmm. about, like I think he went crazy on that. And every time I see his name, I get excited. So uh, I'm really looking forward to to what he's going to bring to the game moving forward. Oh, me too. I I think he's one of the bright spots of rap. Um, I, I I am like I said, I am concerned that his his content and his subject matter is a little bit too dense and a little bit too heavy yeah. and a little bit too violent for where we're at right now, especially with like. But but I mean, again, it's like people have made violent anthems into drill songs. You know what I mean? Yeah. So it's like maybe maybe I'm being a little bit too old nigga here, but <laughs> I <laughs> I'm very much an ESTG fan, and mm. and and you know this album is definitely in my top five this year. Mm, okay, well I I can't wait to see the the uh, the uh, J five list, man. Oh no, we're we are we're we're working on it right now. Um, we have actually an episode that we're actually preparing to do on Amp for tonight, but okay. we're working 
we're working heavily on the ASF list. So make sure you guys, you know what I'm saying, tune in to the Black Brand that's going to be coming out next week where we talk about the ASF list, penned by Josh Pease. And we're going to be talking all about uh, the latest and greatest and, and the best moments of 2022. Can't wait, my brother. Thank you so much for stopping by again. Oh, uh, man, thank you for having me, man. Shout out to everybody on the show. Love you, man. Talk to you soon. All right, peace. Peace. Number eight, ESTG, I Never Felt None. That street rap, that dark medicine, that, you know, you might want to commit a crime that you never committed before. I'm not like that, but if, if, if that's what you are pulled to do, just make sure that you got some finesse like ESTG does. Let's get into number seven, and this is aptly titled. You're going to see why when I get to that point. So let me call my boy here. This is a special call for a special reason. Yeah, what up, bro? Brother Derek, how are you, my man? I'm good, man. How you doing? I am fantastic. Can't complain. Feeling refreshed. Just came off vacation. You're uh, you're living out in LA now, right? Yeah, but we're actually we're actually on the East Coast for uh for the holidays. Okay. Nice, nice, nice. Well, I uh, really appreciate you taking the time to speak with us. I know we, we, we've been wanting you on the podcast for a while, but I think I think the reason that we got you here is that, that there's no better reason based off the year that this artist had. So you are here to talk to me about my number seven album of the year, Lotto's 777. And now this is a hey. special conversation for Derek because he is the vice president of A&R at RCA Records. Senior, where senior, senior vice president. Senior vice president. My bad. My fault, OG. My fault. <laughs> senior vice president of A&R at RCA Records where Lotto is currently signed. And man, I, I, I would just love to hear like the process in putting that album together, like records like sunshine Lil wayne and childish gambino it's given like a thug yeah. dirk like there, there was so much attention to detail put into it and she really showed a lot of range there like just to like talk to me about putting that album together yeah yeah man i mean i think the, the thing that's very important to note um with lotto um is that she's she's trying to be she's trying to go for the greats like she's not like i'm not saying that she i'm not, I'm not talking about men or women i'm talking mm-hmm. about she's trying to be one of the best yeah. that ever did it, you know? And when you have an artist that is committed to that, yeah. that level of excellence, you have artists that are committed to that level of detail mm-hmm. and that level of expansion, you know, it's no different than any artist at any point, you know, yeah. she's always been, she's always been someone that's been known to be a good rapper. She mm-hmm. that's been that even before she signed with us. And, you know, she exhibited a lot of that through queen of the South and everything around it, but she wanted to be known as someone that made great records all around. Mm-hmm. You know, I remember, uh, you know, she she sat down with myself, Jay Graham, Marguerite Jones. We 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 all in on the project. She sat with us on January fourth, twenty twenty one, right? And she said she doesn't want to make just uh, she doesn't want to make the, the, just the type of rap that everybody expects her to make. Mm-hmm. You know, she wants to open the box and try new things. Yeah. That's what she said on the very first day we were we were working on, on, on the new album and mm-hmm. she wanted to she wanted to uh try a lot of new sonics uh, production styles, song styles. And that's what led to a lot of records like Big Energy mm-hmm. and Sunshine like and uh and uh, and um and like a thug and like a lot of records were made in that time period that were really really like it a lot of the more harder you know, street records, like, or I don't think it's given as a street record, but more of like that type of record was more, were more made later. Uh, Cause we didn't have enough of those, but, <laughs> but, but it, her intention was to make out records that were way more high on artistic bar. And I think we accomplished it. Yeah. 
No, I, w- I would definitely agree. Like, I, I always knew of Lotto. I-, I heard of her. And then when I tapped into this album, because the rollout was incredible. Like, yeah, yeah, I did a really great job promoting it. And I was yeah. like, all right, th- this is must listen. Now I listen. And now I'm at the point where every time I see featuring Lotto somewhere, I'm 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 tapping in because because yeah. of what she did on seven 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 like on her own like you know standing up but like you know holding her own against Wayne and Childish and Dirk yeah. and Twenty One and all of them. It's like okay, like she's she's yep. here. <laughs> she's here. Yeah, she's yeah. here. Yeah. She's like she's one of the best. And how's how's it feel to see all all of what she's accomplished this year? We got BT awards, we got Grammy nominees, we've got all these different, just a bunch of different recognitions. She was what the the top top selling some, something on she, Billboard. She, I, I, yeah, she was. Yeah, Billboard had her as the top because based on the Billboard charts of the year, so she was the top new top new artist, top mm-hmm. new hip hop and R and B artist, top yeah. female rapper, mm-hmm. um, top ten female overall. Um, man, I mean it's great because you know what it is is like. You know, when an artist, when you sign an artist, mm-hmm. you sign them because they have potential yeah. in whatever case that is. And then the best thing that you could ever have is when an artist starts realizing potential. Mm-hmm. And I'm not saying that she's she's fully realized everything yet. I, I don't think so. I think she's going. I think she's going to go down as one of the greatest, you know, female MCs that ever lived, and, and could be one of the greatest of all time, all around. Yeah. Um. But but this album showed me that this album showed me that she like it it created a world of where she could do everything Mm -hmm. and when you start seeing the success that come with it like you know i always say like the bt awards night when she won best new artist and she performed and mariah carey like that was one of my favorite moments in my career because that was i felt like that's when the entire world started seeing what i saw in 2019 Mm -hmm. you know what i'm saying what what jay and mj saw with me like I start seeing that's like that's when the world started being like oh when we used to run around the office saying no she's the one she's the one and mm-hmm. you know people obviously were 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 backing it but were more like okay cool that's when it felt like the world was telling me what I already been telling the world for quite some time now mm-hmm. yeah there's, there's nothing like that feeling of vindication so again congratulations to you congratulations to her congratulations yeah. to everyone over at RCA I, I I can't wait for the Grammys man I'm I'm I'm, I'm really hoping that she walks away with one. Yeah, man. I mean, I'm excited. I mean, you know, you know, the Grammys is one of those things where you never really know mm-hmm. how, how, how it cooks up. But, you know, even, you know, again, there's something that, that no one can ever take from you when you're mm-hmm. a Grammy nominated artist. And, exactly. And there's, there haven't been, if you look at the history of female rap, there hasn't been too many female rappers that's been nominated for best new artists. You know, um, you know, you got, you got, you got uh, Nikki, you got Sweetie, you got Doja, Meg, Iggy Azalea. I think that's about it. There's not yeah. many. I, I, I could be missing some, but I'm pretty sure that's about it. There's, yeah. there's under 10, you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And, and, you know, there's not many female rappers that's been nominated for that award. And and there's ne- there's, there's only been one to win it, mm-hmm. you know, which was uh, which was Meg. Mm-hmm. Um, so I say I had to say, uh, I mean, I guess, yeah, Lauren, but I, I, you know, I look at Lauren more of a... Uh, that night was an R&B night. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, so, I don't, <laughs> so I don't really put her in that context. But... Uh, but in regards to the rap and shit, yeah, like there's only really been one, which was Meg. So mm-hmm. you know, the fact that Lotto can come come away with that, which well, she has a good shot. Yep. You know, it'll be it'll be another mark in history books for her. Absolutely, absolutely. Well, my brother, thank you again for stopping by the pod. Long overdue. Always great yep. catching yep. up with you, and uh, best of luck on everything you got coming, man. Thank you, man. I appreciate you. Absolutely. Have a good night. All right, peace. All right. Number seven, 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 seven by Lotto. We getting into the top six now. I'm about to call someone who this this album is aptly named for the person that I'm about to call. My face ID is wilding. Kieran about to keep all this 
make me look crazy. Um, okay, let's get into it. Hello? Hey, Ish. Hey, man. How's it going, buddy? Lovely. Good, good. I'm glad to hear. I'm glad to hear this. So, um... You, man, over the last year, you've – so the the album that we're going to be talking about is very aptly named to, to you and what you present yourself <laughs> as, uh, as a very drippy individual. But I, I just want to give you a quick moment to talk to the listeners about a really exciting thing that happened for you a couple months ago. You were part of this, like, photo – campaign collection thing that had its whole like pre- like please tell me i don't think I, I don't think i'm doing it justice explaining what it what it was so please please tell our listeners oh uh, yeah no problem um so one of my good friends uh yolanda hopke um she got commissioned to do a project uh for fujifilm um basically kind of telling her story um uh it's like a very personal story related to kind of the the concept of ghettoness mm-hmm. um and um, yes, yeah, so I had a chance to be a part of that. Um, and it was really dope because um, I was putting an installation of a, um, a convention that Fujifilm had back in uh, earlier this summer. Mm-hmm. And it was the first time, well, not the first time, but I the pictures were printed out on pretty like large scale. Um, I don't even know what to call it, but like, they're like life-size photos. And mm. It was like really dope to see that um, kind of live in person. Um, she actually gave me one of them that's like hanging in my house right now. Yeah, man. You know, you you you're always a fly guy, but but I feel like you really took it to the next level in in these next uh these last two years. Like one well, one could say that it's been drip season forever for you. Like, would, <laughs> would you say that's accurate? Uh, hopefully, you know, hopefully it'll continue. Um, and with that, kind of. We're going to jump into my number six album of the year, Gonna Drip Seasons Forever. Now, this was uh, quite impactful. Dropped the first week of 2022. Uh, highly anticipated for Gunna. Um, he had the single Too Easy going into it, which was going crazy. We got the remix from Roddy Rich, And then we get the album, and we see Pushing P Goes to the Moon. But, like, beyond Pushing P, there's a lot of great records in there. So, for you, well, what were your initial feelings upon hearing the album, and how is it, how is it aged amongst everything that's come out for you in 2022? Yeah, I mean, I think it's really tough, uh, especially when, you know, you have albums that come out very early. And I think uh, Trip Season 4 came out, like, mid-January or something like that. Literally, so, like, literally first week of January. <laughs> January 7th. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so when you're, like, thinking of the top albums of the year, sometimes you forget about albums that come out. Sometimes they kind of blend in with, like, the last, the last year. But I yeah. think when it first came out, I was really high on it. I loved it. Um, obviously, like, records like Push and P, Push and P, and I think, um, what was the single, uh, Too Easy? Mm-hmm. Um, I was really high on those at first, and ironically, I think those are the songs that I listen to the least mm-hmm. now. Um, but I think that what I've loved about Gunna throughout his career is kind of like the more mellow, mm-hmm. um, tracks that he has a lot of those, um, on this album, and I think some of them are my favorites, probably like, um, so far ahead in, in Empire is actually, I think, probably my favorite song. Yeah. Um, you and Me, Living Wild. Um, I think, like, when he gets in that kind of more mellow um, pocket, is like, Pete got it for me. 
Yeah, Living Wild was especially crazy because he, he he got a little more personal on there, like talking about um pneumonia and like you know being in the hospital and like question his question his mortality and all that. Like it uh it really hit home. It's like you know typically Gunna just raps about getting fly. Like pretty much everything that he talks about in his records, he's getting fly. He's getting women. You know he's doing illicit drugs. But I think hearing about him, hearing him talk about like you know a really difficult time in his life and what he was dealing with, it was like that's dope. And then you hear uh, similar to that on Missing Me. Um, like you said, so far ahead, Empire, those are dope. And then you got tracks where he just wraps his ass off, like South to West, uh, right, 25K Jacket, I Don't Know That Bitch, uh, Thought I Was Playing, How You Did That, Kodak Black. Like, it's a it's a really good listen, like, straight through. Like, every time I go back to it, because, like you said, it's it's difficult to gauge things that come out early in the year. But every time I'll go back to it, I'm like, damn, nah, like, I, there's no way I can leave this off my list because it's this shit is hard. <laughs> yeah, for sure. And I, I definitely like the, the progression of – um, I think it's like more hype in the beginning of the album. And yeah. It's like more mellow as it goes on. It's like almost like a perfect like workout album. I mm. listen to. I used to listen to the gym like all the time. Yeah. Um, earlier in the year, because like you start off hype and then like you wean down your workout and I'm listening to it's like I get to like uh, missing me while I'm walking home back mm-hmm. from the gym. It's like perfect. Like, yeah. Like two wise. He's also one of the few rappers that I can actually listen to twenty songs from and not get bored. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I feel that. Now, I, I know you and I are both high on one of from 2020. Um, where where would you where would you put this? You know, if it had to match up uh, next to one, is is DS Forever better? Is is one of one of better? Like, what where would you rank these amongst uh, Gunna's catalog? Um, that's tough. I definitely I don't think it's better than one of. Mm. Um, one of has a, a special place in my heart. Me too. Um, it's 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 very good. I think that I mean it's kind of hard. Um, like as your career goes on, I think for rappers to keep putting out albums that are better than the last, um, and you're like you always have like that there your few classics that are early in your career. But I yeah. think it's pretty high. I would I would put it top three at least. Okay, uh, for me. Okay. Word, word. I feel that. Well, my brother, thank you so much for your time. Thank you for sharing your drip with us on social media. It's always a pleasure to scroll through and, and share your pics and show them like, yo, I have I have very fly friends. So th- th- thank you for being that. Appreciate you. Thanks for having me. Of course, man. Talk to you soon. Right, peace. peace. And that was number six, Gonna Drip Season Forever. Now we're going to go to my number five album, and we're going to get to someone that you all have heard from on this show before as well. So let's get to it. Yo, yo, what's up, my brother Jordan Rose? What up? What up? What up? I, I, how you feeling, man? Man, I can't complain, bro. How are you? I'm good. I'm good. I can't complain. I mean, it's always an honor to talk to one of Complex's staff writers, the man that you see all over the Complex music reels, interviews with Nas, Chance the Rapper, Smino, Quavo, and the Late Takeoff, and many, many more. Like you, 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 you're like one of my really cool friends, man. Nah, bro, I appreciate you, man. Yeah, like I feel like you know. Yo, you're my guy. In and out of <laughs> in and out of the music space, you're my guy, Facts. bro. Facts, absolutely, absolutely. And so with that, man, we're going to jump right into my number five album of the year. And I'm, I'm not going to say the, the names of the artists or the album title. I'm just going to say, Jordan Rose, can you do something for me? <laughs> can you hit a little rich flex for me? Her loss, Drake and 21 Savage. Man, what a fucking album. What an album, man. What a what a what a cinematic experience! Mm-hmm. I, I want to hear from you. Your your favorite songs on there? 
Ooh, honestly, I feel like it's funny because I was just listening to that album. Of course, you um, there's a few. I think first and foremost, Spin Bout You is crazy. Mm-hmm. Honestly, Jumbo uh, Jumbotron shit popping has really grown on me a lot. It's hard. Like that, like that whole more M's. Like mm-hmm. it's just there's just so many moments back outside boys. Like it's there's honestly. Honestly, 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 I don't even think there's any real skips on this because even when you have like tempo changes, like from the spin out shoes to the hours of silence to the treacherous twins, I, I feel like they still are all really fluid because like there's yeah. so many songs that have like two distinctive parts. Like even mm-hmm. Rich Flex is like the beginning of Rich Flex and mm-hmm. the end of Rich Flex are very distinct but still cohesive. So it's like, yeah. you know, the. Yeah, so those are like a few, but it's really like I really fuck with every song on here. Like I have no real skips on this album. Mm-hmm. I agree, and I and I think we we talked about this in the in the jaw chat, but like going into this, you know, the rumors of Drake and Twenty One doing a collab project, and then seeing it officially announced, it's like okay, they both had great records together. You know, so someone say they're four for four. Some people didn't like Mister Right Now, whatever the case may be, but like a full project of them, I was like, huh, this is interesting. Like I'm, I don't know how I feel about this. I feel like Twenty One is at the height of his powers currently. I think you know he he can still get better, but as an artist, he's at the height of his powers. And Drake is Drake, but I'm like, still, this is an interesting pairing. And then we get oh, yeah, what we got, sure. and you see the pockets that Drake can encourage Twenty One to get into. But then you see Drake kind of matching Twenty One's energy on well, like uh, as well. You look at some, like like Rich Flex feels like a Twenty One song, but Drake molds himself so well. Like on, on BS, more M's. Like those feel like Twenty One records. But then you also know like. He's gotten into his singing bag before, so Spin By You doesn't necessarily feel like out of his wheelhouse. Um, hours in Silence, even though he just has, has really has a bridge there, like that doesn't feel out of his wheelhouse. So it's like, yo, I feel like they both really did well for one another on this project, and and the, 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 the dynamic works really well. Oh, for sure. And, you know, it's funny. I was just, even though it's not on this album, I was just writing uh, a blurb for Jimmy Cooks. Mm. And in writing that, I was just reflecting on on their relationship. Mm -hmm. And I always feel like Drake is like uh, the perfect contradiction. It's like, he's the, the petty mob boss, the, (laughs) the, the misunderstood oversharer. Like so many things about him don't make sense, but make sense. Mm -hmm. And I feel like this, this courting is one of those things where you have 21 Savage, just like sinister, Mm -hmm. you know, uh, slaughter gang CEO, paired with the certified lover boy who like these these two contradicting concepts that yet when put together still create this like perfect storm and it's like we've obviously seen it with like you just riddled down you know knife talk mr right now sneaking you know and jimmy cook so like mm-hmm. we've already we've already seen it but i feel like this album was a real solid proof of concept that like even though you know whatever you know, there's the critiques that it sounds like a Drake album featuring 21, which is like, I feel like that is kind of, even though, and I'm standing on this, I strongly believe 21 Savage was the most valuable player of 2022. Mm. Like, outside of mm. the features he's done with Drake, how he showed up on the Metro album, mm. how he showed how he showed up on every song he's been on this year from Cash and Cash Out, all the Pharrell shit, like, even, even him on DS4, yeah. like, he... He has not missed a feature this year. So it's like, I think that 21 has been, is the most valuable player of 2022. But, you know, when you're on an album with Drake, it's almost like, 
I hate to use this comparison, but it almost reminds me of Jay Electronica whole <laughs> yeah. written testimony. It's like yeah. I love Jay Electronica. Mm-hmm. I really do, but it's like when you're when you're on when you're sharing us with songs with the greatest rapper breathing mm-hmm. for like mad songs, it's yeah. easy to get overwhelmed. Absolutely. And I'm not saying pretty much gets overwhelmed, but it's like when you have someone like Drake who literally finds I think this is the most complete Drake we've heard in a minute, just in terms of like he finds like so many different pockets on the same song. Like Rich Flex, you have him with a melody, then you have him with a verse, then you have him with a hook. So it's like when you're getting that full monster on every song that you're on with him, Mm -hmm. I think it's hard for it to not sound like you're just the feature artist. But regardless of that, I still think there's a good balance to it. I agree. Um, I think that they work well together. I agree, man. Yeah, it was it, it was tough. Like I I I I had my list pretty much made by the end of October, and then I heard this and I was like, nah. Like did this? It, it's it would be hard to put this on my list and not have it somewhere in in the top five. And I had a really hard hard call to make with what my top five was because at one point this was number two, and I was like, I, I don't know. Like I might have, might have to pull it back. <laughs> so I ended up pulling it back to number five. But I'm uh, I'm really happy with this project. I think it's it's. And and then you you know you you think about tracks like Middle of the Ocean, 3AM on Glenwood, where they really get into their backpack rap type bags, introspection, talking their shit. It's just like it's it's really like much like a Drake album, which is I, I guess why people are saying it. It's it's a buffet of so many different types of sounds, and then, and then he unlocks different sounds with Jumbotron shit popping. You know, production from Yachty and Take Keith is fantastic. It's just it's, it's a really a lot of good shit here. Like there's there's nothing that I, that I want to skip, and I think it's crazy too because I think about. The first, I believe, six to seven songs is a great run. Rich Flex, um, Major Distribution, On BS, uh, Back Outside Boys, Privileged Rappers, Spin About You, Hours and Silence. But then, like, those last four songs, too, were, like, more M's and I guess it's fucking me and all. It's like, yo, I, I don't know if I like the top half or the bottom half first because this shit is just all all great. <laughs> Bro, like, I found myself trying to struggle, like, struggling with that with that question as well. Like, mm-hmm. I, it's... It's really just like more M's, especially like what happened to that nigga claiming over. Yo, we traded him. Like, mm-hmm. yo, like there's just there's also just so many like fun. You know, I was I was watching um that little Q and A that he did on Instagram Live. Like I was watching uh like a a recording that someone did of it, and he was talking about how um he and Twenty One finished this album in like four months. Yeah, it was like at first when they were starting, they were like, they didn't know if it was going to be a whole project or if, or if it was just going to be like, they're going to make a few songs and like just release a few in like a pack. But then like, once they got into a groove, they like just kept making bangers and having fun with it. And like, that's exactly what this sounds like. It doesn't sound like there was like a lot of overthinking that went into it, yeah. you know, yet still everything ties into it. Like everything ties into it. Like, honestly, 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 I feel like also even just looking at the at the rollout, I think this is like one of the most like I think that the billboard shit that he did for CLB was creative, but yeah. I think that the fake rollout rollout mm-hmm. was something that was different mm-hmm. that we haven't really seen from him. That because like you know he's been on the billboard wave like he did that shit with Scorpion and I fuck I fuck with his billboard vibe. I think like you know putting the billboard of like in the cities where the artists' features was crazy. But just, like, the fact that I'm looking at my coffee table right now and looking at this fake Vogue, real Vogue <laughs> magazine yeah. that, like, he took the $4 million L lawsuit for just for the sake of the flex, mm-hmm. just for the rich flex of it all. Like, <laughs> the rich like, flex of it all. 
Yo, like you can't you can't make that shit up, bro. Like that's that's a real privileged rapper shit. Yeah. Yo, like, yo, like it's crazy. You about to just do bro. mad libs on a song title. Bro, it's like it, it's just like the you see how at all times it's something's like mm-hmm. you know, it's a real master class and I think that's something that could only come about from an artist like Twenty One, who I is I think the most valuable artist of the year, and mm. then an artist like Drake who's had just such an interesting year in like himself of like having this first very unconventional album that I think is really good and honestly never mind mm. and putting that conventional Jimmy Cooks on it as kind of like a dog ear yeah. like, preview of what's to come and then following up with this which obviously none of us expected yeah. and it was just kind of like that gift that we didn't ask for but mm. we're blessed to have um to like really round out the year i think it's amazing um and it keeps the rap fans fed i was content with him just dropping like a fucking scary hours ep or some shit that's what i expected like yeah to give us like you know the rap fans some shit after the the dance album i was really expecting like a three song pack Mm -hmm. so to give us a whole 16 song album that that doesn't feel like any wasted space or it doesn't feel like you know any beat or bar was wasted. And shout out to Yachty for for having his hands all over this shit, mm-hmm. like credited and uncredited. I feel like Yachty is also, also like being with around Drake. I feel like Yachty is also elevated. Absolutely. So I'm excited to see what the fuck Yachty got going on because Drake Ben said that Yachty had influenced him a lot on this. In yeah. Terms of beat. Yeah. There's there there's talk of a Yachty project soon. I've heard rumors of a Drake Yachty project. I don't know if I'm supposed to be saying that, but I've heard rumors of that. So we don't know. We'll, we'll see what comes. But um, yeah, man, her loss is um, it's it, it, it was our gain. Her loss was our gain, really. To to put I it say. simply. Absolutely. <laughs> My brother, thank you so much for your time. I'll I'll I'll, uh, I'll, I'll, I'll hit you in the group chat. You know, I mean, look, we'll get back to it. Absolutely, my brother. Peace. <laughs> All right, yo, peace. All right. That was my number five album of the year, Drake and 21 Savages, Her Loss. We are going to jump into the number four album, and I'm about to call this person right now. Yo, what up? Hey, Mel, how are you, my man? I'm good. How are you? I am good. I'm good. I'm I'm excited to have you joining us on Stay Busy. You're someone who I've who I've uh, who I've I've always thought like, yo, he would be someone I have a really good conversation with. I low key always felt a little like scared about it, just because like the way that you discuss music, like you're so intuitive, like the the technicalities of it, like you 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 have a different mind for music, which is needed. <laughs> it's it's really needed on Twitter because a lot of bullshit that gets said, and I think like reading your tweets and seeing your perspective is always like it's nice to know there's someone who actually knows what they're talking about. I appreciate that. I'm I'm honored to be on this. So absolutely, absolutely. It, Mel yeah. is an is an accredited songwriter who actually secured his first number one record on gospel airplay back in August with Brian Courtney Wilson's "Short As," and he is a writer for Culture.org as well. So the man knows what he's doing. But today we are here to talk about my number four album of the year, Beyonce's "Renaissance." Nice, nice. Man, I, uh, I, I honestly, I, I just want to g- give you the floor. <laughs> I, I, I just want to hear how you feel about it. <laughs> uh, for sure. Uh, so, uh, first off, I appreciate you having me on again. Uh, this, this is an honor. Um, so personally, Renaissance was my favorite of the year. Mm-hmm. Um, it's, it's on like I have a list of albums that I can't believe people actually made. Mm-hmm. Um, just because of how 
good they are. Yeah. Um, and Renaissance made it um, onto that list, mm-hmm. uh, like past the composition and the arrangement, and you know, of course, the production on the album. Um, at least from a technical standpoint, um, the level of visioning and execution uh, throughout the entire album was uh, superior. Um, I remember the first time listening to it and I was just like, oh my God, like this, every song was, uh, had a purpose on the album. Yeah. Um, and it, it was executed perfectly. Um, you know, Beyonce clearly fulfilled what she set out to do uh, from a sonic standpoint. Mm-hmm. Um, but also the rollout as well, like the ability to create like this album in 2022 that has like people meeting up and dancing and, mm-hmm. you know, it's crazy. Yeah. Um, so, you know, and she's doing it without leaning too much into like her personality. So I thought that was impressive as well. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, also, oh, can you hear that? Yeah, it's, it's all good. Dang. Okay, hold on, wait. <laughs> Yeah, where I am, there's like a train near me. And of course, it just did it <laughs> as soon as we got on the phone. <laughs> no worries, brother. <laughs> uh, but yeah, um, do, do you want me to start over? I don't know. Like, Oh, no, no, you can keep you, going. Keep going. You, okay, cool. Good. Um, so yeah, uh, of course, you know, with the dance parties, I thought that was crazy. Mm-hmm. And it's something different um, than just, you know, being on a... I see people like having issues with her not having videos or like <laughs> being on Hot Ones or whatever, but... Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I think she's doing what she set out to do yeah. um, and what she hinted towards, like, since 2013, just putting out the music and letting people rock. Yeah. Um, and uh, also, like, going more into, um, like, a historical standpoint, I personally thought that the album was, like, a masterclass in um, archiving, mm. um, especially as a musical practice. I mean, we see this a lot in sampling. Like, that's why we love sampling. It takes... Um, it kind of converges the past with the future or uses the past to create the future. Yeah. Um, and so um, one of the things I was really impressed by was how deliberate she was and how deep um, she and her team were with, you know, picking and choosing what, you know, what they wanted to use for the album, especially when we look at how, you know, black music um they kind of reclaimed dance in in, in a specific way because I I often talk about, you know, anybody who grew up like in the early 2000s, dance, we see a lot of it as, you know, quote-unquote music, like (laughs) that's all we heard with EDM and, you know, stuff like that. But um, just the sonic references she chose, um, the samples, like the styles of music from funk, disco, even house. Yeah. Um, and it, when we look into like ballroom, I think pure honey is brilliant mm-hmm. for how, you know, for how they did it. Um, but she kind of unearthed and also reclaimed some of black music's most underserved um, and ambitious sounds. Yeah. So personally, I think is one of the most black, one of the most uh, black albums I've heard in a while. Absolutely. Um, and it's definitely a glaring rem- reminder that, you know, Beyonce, she's still out here. She's still at the top of her game. She's still yep. building worlds, and she's doing it, you know, deliberately through mm-hmm. black music. So yep. Renaissance is it's it for me. It's, <laughs> it's fantastic. Like, for me, for it, sure. it definitely felt like one of her most, like, 
daring efforts and kind of like you said like you, you could kind of see the, the those seeds being sown uh from self-titled onward like you go yep. from self-titled lemonade that p- people were polarized on that i thought lemonade was dope too yeah. and yeah. and then you get here and you, you see her like really owning her blackness being a black woman and and right. just like all these sounds because i think you know for, and for me i've said this before like my favorite beyonce records are typically the, the ballads and it's not really ballads on here but i still right. rock with it right. i still listen to it straight through because it's just undeniably good music fantastic vocal performance and just just the attention to, to detail that you want absolutely. from an album for, from one of your greats who's shown that they can really do anything right absolutely yeah. um and she she's at the top of her game especially like you know vocal performance wise like some of the best bro- vocal performances she's ever had mm-hmm. are on this album so yeah yeah 10 out of 10 for sure Man, well, it's great to talk music with you. We're gonna have to do this again in like a full capacity because I know that, that there are some things that you and I stand on opposing sides on. But hey, it's it's <laughs> yeah. all in the name of of love, Definitely. loving this music <laughs> shit and and Absolutely. discourse and rhetoric. So thank you for your time, my brother. Thank you for having me. Of course, I'll talk to you soon. All right, all right, peace. We are jumping into the top three now. <sighs> This might be where people get a little contentious with me, so we're gonna see. I'm gonna call my next, my next guest. This is a guy who I've wanted on this on this podcast for a while, and he's wanted to be on for a while too. So the timing is impeccable. Yo, Cameron. Hey, what's good, my brother? How you feeling? What's good, Brody? I'm chilling, man. I love to hear it. I love to hear it. For, the, for our listeners who do not know this guy, and I, I think it's impossible if you don't know who this man is because he's going viral every day. You know, Complex's own, <laughs> Elite's own, the mayor of Twitter spaces, interviews with Deion Sanders, Chris Paul, Andrew Wiggins, Justin Jefferson. And, uh, yeah, he he's always riling someone up with his music takes, even though he he, he be spitting like 97% of the time. So, uh, very excited to have you here, Damn, man. What's, what's the three percent where I'm not? Um, <laughs> I'm, I'm I'm still holding holding a, a little bit over you from when you didn't like Don FM at first. So I, I think all that's right, the three percent. Right, right. that, but that's fair. <laughs> but, but, but you know, you, you've grown, you've changed. <laughs> no, for sure, for but, sure. Uh, I was late to the party, but that's one of my favorite albums this year. Now, for sure. Smart man, smart man. And speaking of the number three, we're here to talk about my number three album of the year. Future, I never liked you. Now, you have been on the mountaintop yelling that this man is the MVP of the year. This is one of the best albums of the year. So I really just want to give you the floor to talk your shit about, about this amazing project that we received. Nah, like, uh, I think it's pretty simple when it comes to me and Future. Like, for the listeners who are listening to this pod, if you follow me on Twitter, you know how big a Future fan I am. If you don't follow me... Like, I'm, I'm a big Future fan. He's one of my favorite artists, period. And I don't want to sound biased when I describe how I feel about this album because I was not big on High Off Life. Like, you you know, Armand, we've mm-hmm. talked about it before. Like, I did not think High Off Life was a good album at all. I thought Future was showing signs of, you know, slippage, yeah. honestly, with that project. And so for him to bounce back with this type of album... It kind of surprised me. It really did because, yeah. you know, he he's in, I didn't want to say the twilight of his career, but, you know, when you put in 10 years of like high level work in, in rap, you start to reach borderline uncharted waters. Only a few people who have really been able to have the type of longevity that Future has yeah. with the maximum amount of output and volume. Yeah. So for him to come back with the album that, in my opinion, it checks every box you look for 
in not just a, an album from Future, but in general with the with the hip hop album. I think it, it gives you the huge hit record, of course, with Wait For You. Mm-hmm. Like you, you could argue that's the biggest hip hop R and B song of the year. If not, it's one of them mm-hmm. for sure. But he he just he covers a lot of bases. He gives you the still type of introspective future records um with the the way things going mm-hmm. in particular that's one of them you got the the r&b ballad uh love you better mm-hmm. which is one of the better songs this year in my opinion absolutely you have like holy ghost chickens mm-hmm. um the intro 7 12 p.m puffing on zooties like i can just go up and down the track list and you can look at it and see like this album really was a strong offering a strong solid body of work and as for future in general you like you said i've been saying he's the mvp I just think that he was omnipresent this year. Like yep. you couldn't escape him. Whether it was his own album that was, I think it was the most he's ever done as far as first week sales, which yep. is impressive in and of itself. Mm-hmm. But then you look at the features he was able to do on, um, whether it's with the real Boston Richie mm-hmm. on Metro Boomin's album, the beautiful record with Sizzle, which I think is actually one of the more underrated records of the year, it is um, on DJ Khaled's project. He was just everywhere, bro. And yep. it was it was just hard to escape him. If you really love hip hop and like are dialed in on what's going in and in, in the culture and the genre, he was everywhere this year. And I yep. think that he was everywhere in a way that not many, if anybody else, was. Mm-hmm. And that's why I crowned him the MVP personally this year. And I think that I never liked you as like the the perfect album to culminate the type of year that he had to put it into like perspective i completely agree and I, I know like with future it gets annoying to talk about him because when people critique him it's never the music it's the content they're like yo you're like 40 years old talking about the same stuff toxic all that shit blah blah and it's like i feel like on this he just fully committed to that character but still gave us great undeniable music through that like yes he's still being the guy that y'all make all these twitter narratives about but like you, you can't deny Wait For You. You can't deny Love You Better. You, you can't you deny can't. Puffin' on Zooties. You can't deny Chickens. And, and then, then it, like, it gave you those cult favorite records, too, like Misogyny, which is like a minute, 46 seconds, but that like that shit is impeccable. Like, there's, there's no touch of Misogyny. <laughs> Facts. Like, bro, he gave you everything this year, bro. And I did. I wasn't sure he had a year like this in him again. Yeah. And for him to be able to, to you know bounce back from what I thought was a disappointing album, one of my least favorite future projects with High Off Life. Easily. And then give what I believe is probably one of his stronger albums. I'm not in the business of ranking it yet mm-hmm. or anything like that, but it's definitely high in his catalog if I had to sit down and like really analyze where I wanted to put it. Mm-hmm. So for him to be able to come back with a year like this, as strong as he as strong as it was, bro, I think it speaks volumes to the type of artist that he is, and and he clearly has a lot left in the tank. Absolutely, and I, I I love that point you made. I would love to ask you about this, and we could keep it the future or like more generally, like with a lot of these big artists, people they cling to their like seminal album or their debut album. So for future is it's uh it's a dirty sprite too for a lot of people. Like they say, oh this album was good, but it's not dirty sprite too. And and I think about myself, like being a Drake fan, for example, like everyone says take care and nothing was the same. But I feel like he's rapping better now than he was back then. And so I'm always willing to kind of give the edge to hearing newer stuff where he sounds better. So what's your perspective on that overall, like with future and just artists in general and like kind of clinging to their old project that maybe you were introduced to them to or and maybe not necessarily being able to see that, yo, this nigga's getting better. Yeah, I think that it's a flawed way of you know, digesting music. Mm -hmm. I think that if you are constantly holding somebody to a bar of what 
this is their best body of work or this body of work meant the most to you at this certain point, it's going to be hard for you to see and appreciate any new offering and any of the the beauty and anything that they do after that. And yeah. I think that that's a, a very flawed way to look or listen, listen to music in particular, like with future, I, I don't like DS2 is the, it's, it's the bar. Mm -hmm. Like if you want to say that's the bar for, for future albums, this is best project. Then I wouldn't, I wouldn't argue against it, mm -hmm. but since DS2, He's also given us Hendrix. He's given us Future. He's mm -hmm. given us The Wizard. He's given us Now, uh, I Never Liked You. So he's given us quality, great, good albums since then. Yeah. And if I was to listen to all of these albums every time and be like, yeah, well, it's, it's good, but it's not DS2, I wouldn't find any joy in anything. Mm -hmm. Like, I wouldn't enjoy anybody's music afterwards. Like you said, <laughs> nothing was the same as my favorite Drake album, but... He's put out like six projects since then. If, yeah. if I every time I cut on a Drake album and I walked away, I was like, "Yeah, it's, it's it's not nothing was the same." Then you're you're never gonna be satisfied. Mm -hmm. So I think you just gotta allow people to grow, and not just grow, but just like go into things with an open mind. Mm -hmm. I think we we live in a society now or an era where everything is either has to be classic or trash. Mm -hmm. There's no middle ground. There's no room for it to just be good or enjoy what what you got without comparing it to, to anything that came before it yeah and i think that we need to get away from that because it's 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 hurting how we discuss art in general now and, it, and it's hurting people's ability to listen to projects and really enjoy projects as a whole now and i think that there's there's definitely more of a middle ground than classics or trash for yeah. things to be trash that means it's not redeemable mm -hmm. there's like nothing <laughs> redeemable about it bro yeah. and so I think that we just got to move past the comparing and debating about things and just appreciate what we're given because there are a lot of artists, like you said, guys that are big or women that are big artists who are, you know, deep into their careers who are still giving us quality work. Yeah. And I don't think it's fair to them to judge them against their peaks. It would be mm -hmm. like us not appreciating what LeBron James is doing now because he's not quite 2013 LeBron. Mm -hmm. That doesn't mean he's not still damn good. Yeah, <laughs> like, exactly. But you, you feel me? Yeah. Where, where do you see Future going from here? Do you think he's going to take a break? Do you think he has another collab tape with someone in him? Like, because that's something I've been thinking about a lot. Like, I, I don't, I don't really know. Like, what. What, what what the next step is for him? He has nothing left to prove, of course. He he's beyond solidified, but I, I don't think he's slowing down. No, I don't think he's slowing down at all at this point. You you see, he's starting off twenty twenty three with the future and friends like shows that mm -hmm. he's doing in select cities. Uh, he sold his masters last year, and the rumors are he, he got like seventy five million or something. Yep. And I think that he had. I don't know if he has another run in him in this decade as prolific as the last one that would be asking a lot but yeah. i think they like you said there's plenty left in the tank when it comes to future i think he has a lot of good music left to give us uh, a lot of uh executive i think that's the next pivot for him like you're starting to see with guy like real boston richie bubbling under him yeah and i think that that's another thing that we could see from future in the next act is him like starting to break younger artists he has a strong presence in the in in hip-hop and a lot of young artists look up to him he's an mm -hmm. influential figure so i think that that's something that could possibly come in this next act of his career as well so i think he has a lot left in the tank i think that we probably even get another future album in 2023 if not another album he'll be on features dropping singles lucy's whatever because he never really takes breaks so 
until he's just like completely bored and done with it, mm. I think we're gonna keep getting future future music, bro. Yeah, and I'm I'm gonna keep being satisfied because that that nigga's him. Facts. Facts. Well, my my guy, thank you so much for finally coming through. We got to get a full episode with you. I don't know, like you probably will come to New York when it's warmer because the, the weather is ass right now, or whether we gotta do it virtually. We gotta get a full Cameron Hayes Stay Busy episode so the listeners can learn more about you. Nah, for sure, bro. I appreciate you having me on. I'm a big supporter of your pod. You've come on my shows before in the past, bro. You know how I feel about you. Like, yeah, I appreciate you even keeping me in mind. We definitely got to make a, a full Stay Busy Pod episode happen. Absolutely, my brother. Much love. Talk to you soon. You too, bro. Time pace. Number three, Future I Never Liked You. We are getting into the top two. My goodness, this is a... Uh, it's been a ride. I've, I've, I've given you all some heaters so far, so far, right? I'm, I'm, I'm sure the listeners... Some, someone might have turned it off already. If you did, you're a hater. But um, for, the, for those who are riding through, I think these last two will be much worth your while. So let's get into our next caller. Yo. Yo, yo. Kwani Walker. What's good, my brother? How you feeling? My boy, what's going on? I can't complain. I can't complain. For those who don't know, uh, Kwani came by our season three finale, dropped us off some Sandier New York. I just got my Sandier New York um, order, got some shades, got me a nice white uh, white shirt, got some shorts, Sandier doing the thing. They got a holiday sale. So if you're not tapping into the Sandier, make sure you get some Sandier New York clothing because uh, this, this boy don't miss you. You, you really had a great year with this fashion stuff, man. I, like, I, I, I want to give you a salute for that. Appreciate it, my brother. Thank you so much. Of Thank course. Thank you for your support. Of course, man. Um, so you are here. Um, we're waiting for Ryzen too. I don't know if he's gonna slide through, but uh, while you're here, I'll just talk to you about it. So we're here to talk about my number two album of the year, Drake's "Honestly Never Mind." Now, okay. this was this was a surprise for a multitude of reasons. Quite literally, it was a surprise album. Like no, no, no one expected this. Like he announced it what, like four p.m. the day it came out. Like literally, no one expected this. And then, you know, you, you see the cover art, Drake's cover art's are real simple, you know, you feel how you feel about them, and then you go press play, and then you hear the intro, and then you hear Falling Back, and you're like, mm-hmm. oh, okay, like, he's starting this off a certain way, and then you keep going, you're like, oh, like, this is all, like, house yeah. dance, like, high energy, oomps, oomps, whatever you want to call it type music, but, you know, once you kind of accept that he's doing something different here, it's really fucking good music. And I, I, I know you've been waiting for a while to talk your shit on this pod. I've been wanting to have you on. We were supposed <laughs> to have a Drake roundtable. But, man, I, I really want to give you the floor to really educate these non-Sixers about what we got in Honestly Never Mind. Non-Sixers might have to be the title of the episode. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So, like you, I was very, very, very shocked at what was happening. Um, I played the – I looked at the track list. I didn't even see that it, say, that it said dance, honestly. Mm-hmm. I didn't even know that. But, you know, I looked it over, it's about it's almost an hour I was looking at it, then I'm listening to the first few songs, I'm waiting for the change of pace to happen, or the change of songs or whatever, but nothing is happening, it's right. the same kind of songs over and over, so I'm like, alright, this is this is just different now, so I started listening to it with a different kind of ear, and yo, bro, this shit goes, bro, mm-hmm. it is amazing. Yeah. I actually really like it. Everybody's like, "Oh, it doesn't doesn't bang when you're outside. It doesn't go up. It's the same. It's the same thing." Like, yo, it's a vibey album. Like, yeah. I'm not in it for the words. I'm in it for the for the vibes. I'm just here to have fun, just dance. You know, when you hear it outside, the shit goes. I look yes. around. Everybody's just dancing, having a good time. Nobody's caring about the words. Everybody's mm-hmm. just. It feels good. It plays in any kind of setting, mm-hmm. and it's great. Yeah, man. I like, love it. and I think. 
it showed the extent to how good of a songwriter he is because we know he can rap. We know he can write R&B records. Oh, he's versatile, bro. But, like, writing to these type of records is, like, it's not easy. Like, you know, so, like, so, so, some of these house dance artists be keeping their songs real simple. A lot of them just be beats. Like, you might just get, like, oh. a, a, a repeating chorus. But Drake really gave us, like, verses on these shits. Verses, bridges, refrains, like, hooks. Captions, like, bro. Yeah, like, you know, he still, <laughs> he, he, he still got his captions off. Like, he really showed the... And then, like, to get on a beat like Sticky and to be rapping the way he did... Uh-oh. And then to give you massive and to give you like all oh, like liability. just everything that he gave. Yo, what's good, Rising? Liability everywhere. Oh, my bad. I'm 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 late to the party. <laughs> you good, you good. What's up, my brother? I'm doing well. How are you? I can't complain. This is one of the premier photographers, not just in 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 the country, but in the world. Like oh. if, if, if 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 you want to get right, you gotta hit up my guy Rising's lenses to to get right. But uh, it's, it's great to have you, bro. We we're just in the middle of praising Drake and talking to these non Sixers about how amazing Honestly Nevermind is. So if if you got anything you want to get off about that project, you know we the floor is yours. Listen, man, that was a great project, top to bottom. Mm. A lot of people don't like it, but you know a lot of people don't have uh, the music palettes that others do. Mm-hmm. Tasteless say, motherfuckers. <laughs> Niggas is, is tasteless. The only, the only thing. Niggas got COVID. They, t- they can't taste nothing. From going to a white school was like, I got introduced to stuff like house. Yeah. And everybody always talks about, oh, Drake do the same thing. Mm-hmm. Drake do this. Drake do that. And then he went into house music. Yeah. And you know, some people will never see Ibiza. This is Ibiza music. Uh-huh. <laughs> yes. That's it. He's in a different bag, and they just can't relate. Absolutely. Uh, Kwana, you, you were just talking about Liability, and Liability is one, one of my favorite records um, on that album as well. I think Liability and Jimmy Cooks was the records like he kind of had to give to the people who want yeah. you know, R&B Drake or they want rap Drake, but liability in itself like w- w- with, with that vocal chop filter like that that shit is hard bro like that that uh, might be one of the best r&b records he's ever made it is honestly um for me i think um texco green is probably my favorite mm. yeah there we um, go that's, there. if i'm yeah that's that's honestly my favorite but like you said like the classical thing i think liability would take the cake but yeah Texco Green is hard. I, it, the whole run of this whole thing is just hard. I it don't is. have to skip a beat or anything. I can let this whole album play. Like, I have it playing when I'm designing, when I'm working or whatever. It's mm-hmm. just, I don't have to turn it off. I think so. the only the only record that I'm still not feeling like that is Overdrive. That's the only one that, that I'm, that I'm kind of shaky on. That's the only one. Like, like it, it, it took me some time to start fucking with uh, Calling My Name, which is, I, I know that's unpopular. People love that immediately. It took me some time <laughs> to start <laughs> fucking know, with that. Um, it took me some time to really get get into, like, ties that binds. Mm-hmm. But, um, yeah, yeah, man. Some of, them, some of them just gotta grow on you, honestly. Yeah. Yeah. But, Absolutely. I mean, he's done things like this before, like, we can all see, like, on, mm-hmm. um, like, More Life. Um, Nigga had one dance and all that type. Like, he yeah. had music kind of like this before, so... I don't know why everybody was so up in arms. Yes, if, but if, I think if, this, this is the first time he just usually you know he tries to um satisfy everybody. But yeah. I think this is the time where he's like, nah, I'm just gonna put my all into this one type of music, and I don't know, the shit worked. And me, that's that. That's the best part is like people been asking him to take a risk for years, and yeah. and he like he takes the biggest risk he's ever taken, giving niggas a full dance album. And people are like, oh no, no, nah, but we, we don't want it that way. No, 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 no. But we don't. But it's like, bro, if you sit and you appreciate what was given rather than saying what you wanted it to be, it's a lot to appreciate here. Flights booked, yeah. downhill. Like, come on, man. Like, get out of here. Bro, it's a lot to like. Downhill is a, is is 
for me, like someone was saying, Liability is one of his best songs. Downhill is one of those songs that when we play this back in a year from the release, everybody's going to be like, yo, Downhill was one of them songs. Yeah. And, you know, people just got to... The thing with Drake is like every time he releases something like this, everybody talks crazy at first. Mm-hmm. The haters say all their unnecessary opinions. Mm-hmm. Everybody that doesn't know what to say just plays the middle. And then when we revisit it in a year or two, oh, this is one of the best things that came out that year. Mm-hmm. But the rest of us, we know. And we're always going to know. So that's We know. It. We know. Sick shit. Yo, does, does Downhill give, give y'all um Don't Matter To Me vibes from Scorpion? Because mm. when, when when I first heard that, I was like, yo, did he sample Don't Matter To Me? Like I, I don't know. Maybe I was tripping. So someone else texted me about it. So maybe, maybe the two of us are tripping. But Downhill reminded me a lot of Don't Matter To Me. Yeah, listen to it again. <laughs> I was about to say, yeah, I'm, I'm about to give y'all some homework. Go, 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 go yeah, listen to that. <laughs> <laughs> That's no problem. But um so uh Kwani, I believe you said your favorite was Texco Green or uh, Rising. How about you? Oh, I'm all in on Texco Green. Okay, the we got two. But Drake too is like sometimes he drops stuff at a relatable time. Mm-hmm. At that time, you know, some texts were going green, bro. <laughs> <laughs> like, it, 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 you feel his music different. Texco Green is is that one for me, man. I feel you. I, I feel you. A few people, so yeah. I think yeah. Uh, it's not even a thing. My number one is still. I found a new muse. That's bad news for you. Why would I keep you around? And that's not anything I could feel right now because again, another another. We got to put like a hashtag Jenny mention for stay busy. Like I, it is no new muse. It's you, baby. But like I don't know. I felt that shit. Felt that shit in my soul. I still feel it in my soul. A keeper, man. A keeper is just. It was it was it was my number two played song of the year too. So I think you know the the the, the proof is in the pudding. Easily, the proof is in the pudding. But uh, fellas, thank y'all so much for popping in. Congratulations on successful twenty twenty twos for the both of you. I, I ain't get to say um, Rising is also an NBA uh, candidate at UVA's Darden School of Business. So he's all about that money, money, and Kwani's all about that money, money, and that fashion. I, I saw Rising at some formal the other day, suited up, three piece suit. Like these, these some fly brothers. These niggas keep me on my toes. So once I get beautiful again, these who I'm gonna be uh, them and Nick. Nick is my stylist. Y'all know that already. I'm gonna be going to Kwani and and and, and the boy to. to to get me right so, so so i can look like them you know what i'm saying but uh brothers thank y'all so much for pulling through as always good great to finally have y'all on the pod we still gonna make the drake ground table happen one day we gotta get mike we gotta get all of all of the true sixers into the room and just really like talk to the internet about how dumb these motherfuckers are drake is him drake is him i appreciate it brother of Anytime. course all right talk to y'all soon all right later bro appreciate you of course Number two album of the year, Drake's Honestly. Never mind. Then we getting into number one. Well, which I think it is. While while I while I call in my final guest, I, I want y'all to shout it out. I can't hear you. Maybe you could put it in in in, in the YouTube comments. But uh, I want y'all to let me know what I think my number one is, and let me call in this this menace here. You, Wongo Okan. How you feeling, my brother? I'm chilling, bro. What you want? Man, I'm chilling. You know, just here in the studio, sipping on some White Claws, telling the people what my top 10 albums of the year 
are, and I, th- I think that we're going to have a really good conversation about um, this album. Before we get there, Wongo, as y'all know, who joined us on A Writer's Pod, one of my favorite episodes we've ever done, is a writer and SEO manager for Uproxx. He's interviewed the likes of Chloe Bailey, Division, John Legend, and many, many more artists doing his thing over at Uproxx, former home team. So much love for them. And, um, yeah, Wongo's that guy. If, if, if y'all don't follow him on Instagram, then you won't see his wild tweets <laughs> that he posts every week. That's that don't mind. Let's let's. let's. Or a little asterisk on it. They're not my tweets. <laughs> oh yes, yes. The they're not his. He he he's a he he's a curator of tweets. You know, how, like people make playlists. Like Wango makes like weekly playlists yes, of tweets, go. and they're, it, they're they're hilarious every time. Like every fucking week. I, I like I, I thought I had a really like devious mind, and then you see the mind of other people, and you're like, okay, I'm not oh, so yeah. bad. But my number one album of the year, brother Wango. This is something that, that sure. you you and I bonded over when you came on the show. It released in January, the first week of January, and a lot has come out since then. Nothing has measured up to this album. Number one, The Weeknd's Dawn FM. My goodness. Like, bro, like, to to come out on January 7th and to withstand the test of time in this microwave-ass music era that we live in, to where mm-hmm. you're a January album that I remember, a January album that I'm revisiting, a January album that I'm debating about, that that I'm watching people, they hated it when it dropped, they loving it now. Niggas hated it when they dropped. Well, I go like, yo, yo, yo I, 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 oh, I know I you it. saw it. I know you saw I it. I've seen it. But, yo, to talk to the people about why this is such a pivotal project for the weekend and also just your feelings on it in general. I mean, I think... Um, with every like with every artist I think the thing that separates you from the pack is like your ability to create like a new era Mm -hmm. with each project right Um, and you know just off top we've seen people that have been able to do that like like a Kendrick like a Kanye West sans all the nonsense shit that he's Mm -hmm. doing Um, but and The weekend is like absolutely uh, another example of that and it gets more and more impressive throughout his career because you know just as you go there's just like one less option of something to do that just might not be like too crazy yeah. that it just throws everyone off but it's like different enough from the last thing and that's what Don FM was um the whole kind of concept of it being like this like experience of like listening to the radio as you're yes i forgot how i explained it but like you could really feel that as you're going through song to song and like mm-hmm. um just the, the 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 range of sonics on it you have something as like peaceful and beautiful as out of time mm-hmm. and then just ducking electronic and just just crazy as take my breath mm-hmm. um yeah he just the range and just the the entire new sound of it is really impressed me. Like I know people were big on after hours, mm-hmm. but this hundred percent was an improvement. Like if yep. you you gotta make force me to pick one, I'm going down FM. Mm-hmm. No problem every time. Yeah. Um out of time. I gotta look at the track list. Out of time. Here we go again. Mm-hmm. Best friends. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that that pocket of out of time to like to starry eyes for else? me. To starry eyes, starry yep, eyes is yep. special. <laughs> right and then even i know people were a little on this song but even i heard you're married with wayne yeah like that was like this was a very like and it improved with each listen like 
when I first listened, I was like, okay, this is a good album. Like, yeah. I right, able you did your thing, but as I listened, I was like, oh no, this is fucking crazy. Like, yeah. And people was hating on it. I was like, like to just openly hate on something so good is like just shows that your taste palette is off, which is like mm-hmm. it is such a sad thing to me because I would just hate for my taste palette to be off. Girl. But it's not. Yeah. You know. <laughs> but I've seen people get it together by yeah. the end of the year. Mm-hmm. So yeah. That's how it that's, that's yeah, I, I think for me, I, I had an interesting experience with gasoline. Gasoline at first, I wasn't really feeling because that vocal filter he uses. I was like, uh, I, I don't know, man. This is, but once it clicked for me, gasoline mm-hmm. really straight through. Like, there, there's really like, tr- truly, when I listen to this album, I play it all the way through. I don't feel inclined to skip anything. I don't feel that itch. Like, like you know, how sometimes yeah. like something may not be trash. It may, it may not be ass. Like, it's just, mm-hmm. like, it's good enough, but, like, you don't want to skip it. Because people throw out no skips all the time. And, and like, if you say something's right. no skips, someone thinks it's a classic. Or, like, if you say something's no skips, they think you're saying every song is heat. It's like, no, every song may mm-hmm. not be heat, but right. I, I don't want to skip anything when I play this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, yeah, if I, not a single if thing. I sit to listen, yeah, if I sit to listen to this album, like, I'm going to listen straight through. Sure, there are moments where I just want to, like, listen to, like, maybe, like, three, four, five songs off it, but... If I'm like I'm listening to Dawn FM, it's from start to finish. I forget the skip button exists. Like yeah, all that. We just there's no pausing. All that like straight through, and, and it's yeah. a better experience this time. And I feel like obviously this is not a similar album to Renaissance or a similar album to Honestly Nevermind. But I think the daring efforts made by The Weeknd, Beyonce, and Drake. Yep to really lean into these these things that are, like, off the beaten path for them. Like, you know, Weekend mm-hmm. came in making that woozy, toxic, druggy R&B everyone loved, and, like, over time you saw him switching, and people were resistant to it. Like, I think Starboy is really when people kind of, like, the, 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 there, was, there was a fork in the road. You're either staying for the ride or you're kind of yeah. off it. And then from Starboy, he goes to uh, My Dear my dear Melancholy, then he gave us After Hours, and then he gives us, you know, this, and... And it was like I'm 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 riding with it, like because as much as he'll give you a blinding lights and a heartless, he'll also give you a snow child. He'll give you an escape from L.A. He'll he'll, he'll give you this myriad of records. And then I think Dawn FM right. is really just like it's mostly one type of thing. Like obviously you you, you get the kind of '80s pop R&B type joint from Out of Time, mm-hmm. and then you know like mm-hmm. similar vibes on Best Friends and Here We Go Again. Like you know he he mm-hmm. he he kind of gives you those records you don't want from him. But for the most part. Yo, you, you riding with Take My Breath and, and Sacrifice yeah. and, and Starry Eyes and, you know, How Do yeah. I Make You Love Me? But it's like, bro, I you don't have to make me. I, I love this. <laughs> like, oh, yeah, the, no, the, I'm, there's I'm no making. Here for it. Yeah, yeah, there was no, didn't need to convince. All I needed was the two or three minutes of the, the song itself. By the end, I was like, all right, I'm here. Like, yeah. we'll go, what's next? I know, it, I know it's early. The album has been out for less than a year. But I'm, I'm going to ask you the hard questions. Where would you? put this in Abel's catalog. Um, are we including the mixtapes or not? We can put... <sighs> I'm cool with not, but I just I just want to know how I'm approaching this. M- most people do it. I usually stick to studio albums, but if, okay. if, if Trilogy ranks high for you or if you even want to split it up to, you know, Echoes and Silence and House of Balloons and, you know, if, if you want to split those up, you know, can. So, yeah, I just, I'd like just, you know, you know, keep it a buck. What's, what's, what's that ranking looking like? Um, all right, I'm gonna leave Trilogy out of it because I, I think Trilogy just is like all of that together, it's just mm-hmm. in its own field. And I think nine out of ten, like 
the weekend fans are just gonna have it up there. So we're yeah. just gonna assume it's already up there. So just leave that there. Um, I'm gonna say it's his best. Mm. Yeah. Um. It, it it before this one, my last like favorite the weekend album was uh, Beauty Behind the Madness. Mm. Yeah, that one. That one I really liked. Um. And then probably after that. Probably after hours. Okay. Um, but after hours to me was a bit top heavy. Yeah, like I that agree. First half is my pocket, and yeah. then once I pass, what is it like? Blinding lights or, mm-hmm. or heartless? I'm just I'm not really too interested in what's left. Yeah, it's like um, tracks like one to six are are impeccable, and then yeah, I'm, I'm I'm looking up the track list right now just to remind myself. But I believe it was like tracks mm-hmm. one to six. I really love. Yeah, that's alone again to escape from L.A. Heartless. I I, yep. I was never too big on, but then you get faith mm-hmm. right after. It's like faith yeah. is crazy. <laughs> okay, okay, yeah, yeah, no, no, we gotta include that one in there. <laughs> okay, yeah, but then after that, I'm just like. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's that's why Don FM was so crazy because he locked in for all like was like sixteen. Uh, yeah, so I would put, yeah. I would put um, Don FM as his, as his best. I'm 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 getting there, man. Like my and I I know like I was like Ed, don't include the mixtapes, but like my I, for I I have this love for my dear melancholy, which is just like it, it's a love that I've never oh. experienced before. So that's right. like m- my favorite overall weekend project. And then I got, I believe it's Starboy number two. Yeah, Starboy number two, mm-hmm. and then this. But I, th- mm-hmm. I, I think over time, Don FM is gonna is gonna uh, leap over Starboy for sure. Oh yeah, for yeah, sure. Yeah, yeah. But Starboy is yeah. great too. Uh, but Starboy gets a lot of hate. A lot, a lot of people. Had to, how, how you feel about Starboy? I don't. I don't think you you uh, you address that. Um, I'm very like, I don't hate it. Mm. Um, I, I think I don't, know, is... I don't know how I feel about that answer. <laughs> it, it's probably a bit too left mm-hmm. of what I like from the weekend. Mm-hmm. Um, there are plenty of songs there though that I do like. Um, Party Monster, Reminder, mm-hmm. Six Feet Under, Yeah, um, Die for You, Die for You, oh. Die for You's on that. Okay, yeah, yeah I was like, you. I wasn't sure if that was on that project, but yeah, <sighs> that one. So yeah, I mean, there's there's records on there that I do like. I think as a total body of work though it doesn't capture me the same way that dawn does that beauty behind the madness does mm-hmm. um yeah i respect that okay yeah. i respect that what's your number one album of the year is 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 it this um uh, my number one album of the year no 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 um no way. It's, it's definitely oh it's no like, don't do it don't do it you about like to do time. it no, 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 I'm not going to do that. I'm not going to do that. I'm not going to do that. It fluctuates between now and that. I think you're thinking of. Um, um, it's a back and forth between Vince and Beyonce, to be honest. Oh, okay. Yeah. okay. yeah, the Vince because, is fantastic. Like, but yeah, Vince is fantastic. But the way Beyonce had me locked in for like two weeks straight off Renaissance, mm-hmm. um, and, and I don't think any project... Actually, I would lie. Her loss had me locked in like that for a mm-hmm. couple of weeks. Um, but there's a few projects that had it like that. But then just the music and it was summer. Like, it was just, yeah, it was perfect. So yeah. if you made me pick one, I'll probably go Beyonce. Okay. Okay. Now, since, since you're here to talk my my number one album with me, I got to ask you one more question for okay. a supporter for the year. Who is your MVP of 2022? 
MVP 2022. Hmm. I would say. And I have, I, I got to pick one. I have two options. Um, I will say Kendrick. <laughs> <laughs> That's my typical answer. And I'll explain it like this. I'll he's say why. Savior. No, he's not my savior. He's not your savior. But he dropped a good album. He did. Um, the visuals around it have been amazing. His tour was amazing. Like, there's a lot that he put into 2022 in only really six months because he yeah. dropped, what, like mid-May? Mid-May, yeah. Um, so, yeah. So, in addition to the music, like, it, it just can't be one project to me. Yeah. Um, that that like gives you like the MVP title. So when you take the music and you take the visuals and the direction that he's been going with everything, the tour, the design, the whole experience there. Uh, yeah. And then the other person I was considering is Ashake, who is the mm-hmm. Afrobeats artist who stepped in with an EP at the beginning of the year. Yeah. Had this song, Sumba, that Burna Boy remix that fucking ran through the whole year. But then he was literally dropping song after song after song that, like, was just slap after slap after slap. Like, it, it pretty much got to a point where it was, like, eight months straight. Like, you just didn't, if you were tapped into, like, the Afrobeats or, like, even spend any time in the Afrobeats scene, like, mm. for eight months straight, you didn't, um, you did not hear him. Mm-hmm. Word. Word. Well, mm-hmm. my brother, I appreciate you joining us once again. Um, you are you're my guy. You've had a fantastic year as a, as a writer and just as a person and, and he, he, even as a menace, too. Um, so <laughs> I, you know, I, I hope that you can make it out in January for that Drake concert. I haven't told our listeners yet, but I, I will be at that Drake Apollo concert because I, hey. I am him and, and he is me. Um, so hopefully Wango comes oh. out so we can get obliterated together and the knockout on Jordan's couch. Um, mm, you know, if you hang this time, because uh, last time hey, we brother, know what happened. brother, brother, you, we, we, we <laughs> killed a bottle of Terramana during the episode. Jordan buys another bottle of Terramana and Taylor Port. Well, what do you think was gonna happen to me? No, 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 no. See, you're not telling. And why did you drink the Terramana and the Taylor Port? Because we I'm a demon. To, we went to get it. We went to get a chopped cheese, and you killed like a quarter of it. Like, why would buy yourself? Oh, that see, I don't, I, see, I don't even remember doing that. That's, that's how chopped I was. That's, see. I, <laughs> And we got you chopped cheese, I think. You could even eat it. Oh, you did? Damn. Yo, yeah, you got some good guys, for real. Yeah. My <laughs> bank account agrees. Um, <laughs> Thank you but, again, bro. Yes, you will catch me next month. Uh, looking forward to seeing you again, bro. I appreciate Absolutely. you having me on. Of course, man. I'll talk to you soon. For sure, bro. Take it easy. Peace. Armand Sadler's number one album of the year for this season, The Weekends, Dawn FM. What a great episode. What a fun discussion with all my friends discussing this list. List season is here. I, I welcome the arguments. I may not respond to you, but I'll hear them. I'll read them. And, and if it's worth a discussion, we can discuss. Now, I do want to give some honorable mentions. My honorable mention list 
was pretty large at first, and so it's made me kind of backtrack on what I said to Oxcore Whisperer when I was like, damn, I only like this many products. So when I had to sit down and write down the number of products I liked, I was like, okay, I actually liked a lot more than I did. It's I think it's really just certain artists that I expected more from didn't really deliver. Like Lil Baby's album is like one of the most disappointing for me. A Boogie's album, I, I, I don't even talk about it. That shit was fucking trash. Like, I'm, I'm sorry, no disrespect to you, A Boogie. Like, I've fucked with you in the past, but like, that shit is fucking trash. Not that I had high expectations for it, but I kind of just listened. I was like, yo, this shit is terrible. Absolutely terrible. But my five honorable mentions, I limited myself to five of them. SZA, SOS, of course, that is at the top of the honorable mention list. If I had a top 11 albums of the year, SOS would be number 11. And over time, if I have to get my top 10 albums of 2022, this might end up in the top 10. But for for this episode's sake, I'm not going to do that. Metro Boomin, Heroes and Villains, I think that is just a fantastic follow-up to um, Not All Heroes Wear Capes. Trance with Young Thug and uh, Travis Scott was great. 21 Savagely showed his ass on that. Don Tolliver, Future, um, Nudie, like, just amazing. And a producer-led album. I mean, I'm not going to say any names, but there's some producer-led albums that we we would we, be like, yeah, yeah. And then you hear this, you're like, Metro. If you're on Metro, I don't trust you, he's going to shoot you. Ari Lennox, Age, Sex, Location. I just think this is the progression of her vocally, production-wise, her, her energy, her really, you know, uh, really growing into herself, owning herself. I think that was fantastic. You cannot talk about 2022. If you went outside, you heard this nigga. Bad Bunny, un verano sin ti. Party, party, party. That shit, undeniable. Bad Bunny, like, him doesn't really feel like it is sufficient enough to describe Bad Bunny. Like, (laughs) there's really nothing to say. Like, just, just the biggest artist in the world. And a professional wrestler. Like, this is just undeniable. Like, Bad Bad Bunny's that guy. You heard this album all year. You will continue to hear this album. The definition of timeless music. And Nick Nick talked about this album to me. He was like, y'all surprised didn't make a list. I was like, bro, this just shows how strong the second half of 2022 was. Sid's Broken Hearts Club, which came out in April, uh, is my final honorable mention of the year. So... I'm, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm happy with my list. This is the final list. I'm locking it in. If someone drops a classic in these next uh, 10 however many days, it's, it's clipped. It's not going to happen. But with that, I want to thank you all for another great year of uh, Stay Busy. Um, I, I want to see y'all list. So, you know, you can hit us in the comments. You can hit us in the DMs. But hit, hit us publicly. So if I get cooked, y'all got to get cooked, too. G- g- give me a full list. So if I get cooked, y'all get cooked, too. Drop the list. Drop your MVPs. Drop your comeback artists of the year. Drop your worst albums of the year. All that good stuff. Most importantly, as I play you out with one of my favorite songs from my favorite albums, make sure that you stay safe, stay humble, stay busy. Baby girl, baby girl, how you feeling? I've been out in the world, staying busy, taking time, getting right. If you miss me, I've been out in the world, staying busy. Monday's not a Got the slides, got the slides. I'm the size, I'm the size.